and welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Graham. And I'm Allie. And we'll be your host for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. Allie has a very specific check-in request today. She would like to discuss what our jobs would be in an alternate universe where we are carnies. It's so fun. Well, Allie, since you are so excited, I want to mix it up and make you start first because I'm really curious. I can't. I would be a fortune teller slash card reader. That's such a cop out. Okay, no. No, because I have a plan. Jasper, don't do this to me. We're going to fight before we've even started. I would try to tell them as much as possible about the couples that came in and be like, take the woman aside and be like, he's been cheating for three months with your best friend. And like, just fuck everyone over and cause complete chaos and make up so many lies. Jesus Christ. I feel like this would backfire so fast. Oh, I don't care because I'd move towns. Oh, oh that's God. a good point. I would love it. And if children came in, I'd be like, Santa Claus, is it real? Like, I just like... What the fuck? I want to be the chaos one. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, such a life goal. These are Allie's inner workings. We all think she's also sweet and innocent. She I really am. just wants to gaslight people into thinking they've been cheated on. My Jesus playlist Christ. title is Everybody's Vibing, but my Scorpio Moon says, stir some shit up. I was going to say I'd want to be a clown because like, I just feel like I would be so excited to tell people, people like, what do you do for a living? I'm like, oh, <laughs> what do you know? I'm a clown. The oldest, <laughs> the oldest profession. I'd probably also be doing that because I assume being a clown doesn't pay well enough. But yeah, I was about to say, uh, I don't think that's what that um, euphemism refers to. I wouldn't mind being a fortune teller either, which I already do that for people on mm-hmm. TikTok. So follow me. I might give you a free reading. But <laughs> only if I can be an animatronic one like Matt and Xanadu. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like have my brain like put into a little animatronic. I like that. What about you, Jasper? I specifically want to be the character from American Horror Story, the one season where they did the carnival. I sadly never watched that season. The first half of it is good, and then it gets really stupid after that. I specifically want to be the Evan Peters lobster hand guy and just, like, hang out and, like, finger blast suburban housewives with my lobster hand. You and Allie would be breaking hearts in very different ways. In very different ways. Yeah. I would only do that if I got bad vibes from the man. Um, you can do whatever you want to men. I do not yeah, care about I don't. them. This is like an alternate reality where we're <laughs> carnies. Like, you can do whatever you want, Allie. I feel like I've thrown my morals under a bus. <laughs> Everyone knows how you really are now. <laughs> what did you throw under the bus? An empty bag? <gasps> Whoa. My heart. <laughs> Joking. That was harsh. <laughs> Even I'm like, whoo. <laughs> Today's episode is season two, episode two, Everybody Loves a Clown. The one where the boys are blindsided. Ooh. (laughs) I am so tempted to smash my head into the wall behind me, but I know it'll (laughs) fuck the audio. (laughs) This episode was written by John Sheban and directed by Philip Segretia and originally aired on October 5th, 2006. Nice. Yeah. I want to say I really like the clown from the intro. He looks like how I feel. 
I love him so much. Like, wait, which clown? Like, the killer clown? The killer yeah. clown. Okay, because there were other clowns in the intro. There was a lot of boring. Clowns. Yeah, they were pretty boring. I agree. I don't know why, but I see him, and I'm, like, instantly, like, oh, he's such a sweet baby angel. The clown? Yeah, the clown. <laughs> they specifically style him to look creepy. What the fuck is no, wrong with so you? No, he so sad, and I just want to cheer him up. He's He has, like, a dead-eye stare. Like, yeah, what f- he just needs some love. Oh, my God. Well, Allie, you and the girl from the intro would agree, because that girl <laughs> loves some fucking clowns. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Did nobody, like, tell any of these kids, like, don't fucking let strangers in your house? Like, what the shit? I, like... They're, like, way too old for, like, the threshold of not knowing Mm -hmm. that they Yeah, they all look like they were, like, middle school age children. I assume there's some, like, magic going on with that. I don't know. So that was my original thought, was Mm -hmm. that there was some kind of, like, magic. But later in the episode, they're, like, they have to be invited in. And there's no, like, tell of there being, like, magic involved. It's just that smile. You want to fix it. Yeah, I liked it. It was the cold open made me laugh. Disturbed by whatever's happening in your brain. (laughs) Yeah, the cold open really did it for me, though. I think there's that young girl's exuberance for Mm -hmm. that creepy, sad looking clown. It brought a smile on my face. Yeah, I think similar to like some other episodes where we've bemoaned the lack of energy of like whatever setting they're in. Like this one was the opposite end of that. Yes. Where this actually feels like a place, like there's enough things happening, Mm -hmm. enough chaos. Oh my gosh, I grew up going to the fair all the fucking time because there's one in my hometown Mm -hmm. with a bunch of rides. And I swear it was like this, like it was chaos i don't know how like children didn't get abducted or like some adult disappear or whatever Allie, i'm betting you some children did get abducted Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really sad. It's just that we now know a lot more about, like, those kinds of crimes. And that's they're very true. better kept track of. That's very true. They did close our school on the main day for the horse races because everyone at the fair was so drunk. And it was too close to the schools. So oh. every year we had one random day off. <laughs> Incredible. Wow. So we want to jump to the uh, funeral for John. Yeah, I have mm. questions about that. Yes. Me too. So did they steal the body from the morgue to do that? Because I don't know that they can release the body. Maybe they posed as like morticians. Literally none of this made sense. (laughs) What didn't make sense to me was when you look in the fire, there are still leaves attached to the tree branch. (laughs) Although those are the first thing that would burn. And then on the other side of the fire spectrum, that fire wouldn't be hot enough to burn a body. Yeah. Are you hoping you just have the bones yeah. with you? Um, that was my, my immediate immediate question was, how did they get the body? Yeah. <laughs> how was it burning? And why are they so close? This would smell like absolute shit. It would also be extremely hot if, yeah. if yeah. it actually did all catch. It like, needs to be like 4,000 degrees. And also, like, it's not going to be, like, totally gone. Mm-hmm. Like, there's still going to be, like, unless they bury the burnt bones and ashes and every... I don't know. Yeah, usually, like, in, in order for it all to be a consistent powder, I've talked about this before, bones don't burn all the way through. They have to be crushed. I know they wanted to give him some, like, cool, this is a cool show for cool people, Viking funeral thing, but... Yeah, yeah well, I think the idea is that they're salting and burning his body. Yeah. yeah. But, but, and I say that having watched... All of the show mm-hmm. and knowing that that's the case, but they don't explain that no. in this episode at any point in time. They're just like, oh, they stole.
roll his body and they're burning it outside? Question mark, question mark. Couldn't they have, like, snuck into a crematorium? Yeah. That seems like something they would do. And they could throw salt in there. Yeah, also they could just get him fucking cremated mm-hmm. like a normal human being. And just be like, hey, put the salt in this pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Also, clarification. I said 4,000. I meant 1,400. I was going to say. Yeah, I said that and then I was like, that was wrong. <laughs> 1,400. Yeah, I guess it makes sense when you're talking about temperature and not like time and rent. I was having a really good time during that funeral, though, like trying to guess what <laughs> what shot what shot they were going to finally let Dean's single man tear oh fall gosh. down his face because they like fucking baited us with it a couple of times. Like, mm-hmm. and it was getting like real full, looking real full. And then they cut away to Sam, who was like a mess. And then they yeah. go back. Yeah. And I- when it finally fell, I like couldn't help it. I did. I did finally laugh. Yeah. (laughs) And can't we see that there's, like, grass on the ground and trees in the background? Like, Smokey the Bear taught us better. (laughs) Only you can prevent forest fires. (laughs) (laughs) So after this, we cut to a scene of the boys talking. And, like, Sam asked Dean, is there anything he said to you? And, like, no. No. Like, single man here. Again, I have so many things to say about this little part because, for one... It almost makes it like if I had not watched the previous episode, if I was like not able to catch last week and I was just jumping into this episode airing this week, I'm going to think that John had told Dean some kind of secret that was plot relevant, which he Uh did, the whisper. Mm -hmm. So actually that now that I'm thinking about it, that makes (laughs) sense because I we didn't hear the whisper. So I forgot about it. But like he Dean could have (laughs) also... Where are you I going? It's like, hold on, but, but he, he did? did. He did. I totally forgot. I think I was just so like in John as a douche mode that I totally forgot about the whisper. Yeah. Yeah, when he like leaned over Dean and was like, hey, little mama, let me whisper it. <laughs> but I hate that that was so funny because you've literally made oh that God. same fucking joke on this podcast before. Oh, probably. Join in. <laughs> they should stop doing so much damn whispering and I'll stop making the joke. <laughs> It was so good. It was perfect. I support you. But he could have literally just been like, oh, yeah, dad just like said he appreciated me and to take care of you. Right. Like, it's oh, not right. That if, he, if he was going to try and mm-hmm. obfuscate the um, truth. Uh, <laughs> obfuscate, illuminate, percolate. <laughs> what the fuck? You don't remember that song from 2006? No. Y'all ready for the percolator? Oh, 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 yes. Sorry. I was just like, I never said percolation. <laughs> but I love that mixed in with this. It would have come out around that time. I think the reason I'm so bothered by it is I had just re-listened to the episode where you said it a ton, and then the next episode we recorded, you brought it back up a ton. And so, like, it was a week of Jasper shouting those words at me. Obfuscation and revelation. It was oh. revelation. It was Allie who said illuminate. But I anyway. was like, I understand that Dean is grieving, but your brother was just like a sobbing mess. Be a little nice to him. Right. I think he's just like so in his own head about yeah. the whole thing. Well, and he also was, I think, a little upset with Sam too. Mm-hmm. We learned there was some unresolved yeah, feeling. But I think that all happened after the funeral though. Yeah. But yeah, like, if he really wanted to obfuscate the truth from Sam, what he should have done is tell a half-truth. Yeah. Yes. And not just be like, no, man-tier. 
like if he had said dad said all these uncharacteristically nice things to me i don't know i think we should bring more oc acting choices into our real lives can you (laughs) explain what you mean by that being vague single tears Uh uh-huh and even though you know it's not gonna help you do something for the drama oh you should have known me in middle school okay what does this have to do with ocs no, 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 the show, the OC. Oh, the show, the OC. I was like, why are we talking about original characters? Like, No steelies. Sorry, I apparently am just, like, too way deep in fan fiction culture. I don't even know what the real world is anymore. To be fair, no one calls it OC. Everyone calls it the OC. So I've never I can seen see. it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just throwing off my groove for no reason. <laughs> no. I'm like staring. I'm staring with my jaw slack. Like, what the <laughs> yeah, just fuck are you? face was between disappointed and just like. <laughs> just flat out what like, the what? fuck? <laughs> so after this, we mm-hmm. cut to Dean is repairing the Impala. Yes. Yeah. Sam is getting all on his case for not mm-hmm. dealing with his emotions, but actually channeling negative emotions into something productive is a, a very valid yeah. coping Absolutely. mechanism for a lot of intense issues. Well, and like Sam knows that that car is symbolic mm-hmm. in Dean and his relationship to his father. That Like right. Sam has mentioned this outright. The same, the same way in the previous episode, the state of the Impala was sort of symbolic to Sam. Yeah. Yes. To Dean's health and well-being. It's, it's the, like the same, it's the same thing. The symbolism on wheels. Yeah, I'm kind of like back off, but then at the same time, I'm like, oh, well, this is Sam's way of grieving. And I'm like, everyone right. grieves differently. Yeah. Grief and is fucking messy. Yeah, that's why people like fight so much yeah. when they're grieving. Like Sam really seems to need the extra support and communication. Mm-hmm. And even yeah. sometimes just attention. Yeah. They also don't have a relationship where they're always, like, emotionally open and honest with each other. So then, like, to suddenly expect that of him when he is also grieving seems a little... Yeah, but I think it's just because Sam is really, like emotionally fraying yes that he's like pushing so hard because normally he does just sort of drop it i yes i agree do you want to hear a new metaphor oh gosh what's your big leap your crazy theory okay let's hear it so you know how instead of the impala they have to drive in the shitty minivan. It's not a minivan it's a full-size van Mm -hmm. okay but i love it true side note so I think this is a metaphor for them having to face the reality of their shitty childhood through losing their father and confront that in their grief of losing him, both what he was and what he wasn't for them. And that's why the van, like, which is a very family-based car Mm. and something from the past is a metaphor of them literally going through it and having to deal with that for the first time. That's a stretch. Excuse me. (laughs) It's just a convoluted metaphor. No, it's a big stretch. (laughs) Because here here is what my thought of the van Mm -hmm. was, is I thought the writers were trying to, like, comically emasculate them by, like, having them drive, like, the mom van. But it wasn't even a mom van. It wasn't. Although they did try to push that by having Dean be like, I feel like a soccer mom. But, like, it was not a mom van. That was, like, that's, like, the band van. But that was the van I grew up with as a kid, so I always think of it as the, like... Oh, I gotcha, I gotcha. And I think it was, like, before there were minivans. I think it's the older school 
Because minivans came out after vans. Well, yeah, but there have been minivans for a real fucking when long was, time. Okay, so 1980s. <gasps> Jasper flipped me off. Guys, <laughs> we're actually in a fight. Speaking of fights, we go to the roadhouse. Road I house. love the roadhouse. Did yeah. you love the roadhouse? I love the roadhouse. I knew you would. <laughs> I knew you would because you were just talking about how you want more world building. And we get it. We get mm-hmm. the roadhouse, which is this place where hunters gather and share intel. And we have the Harvells mm-hmm. who knew the Winchesters, but they've become estranged. And Ash, the crazy redneck genius. Joe Dirt, yeah. I love him. I do too. I really liked all of the characters. I liked Ellen. I thought they had a really strong introduction to Joe. Mm-hmm. I love when she punches Dean in yeah. the face. I'm like, yes, girl. Yeah. By far, my favorite scene in the Roadhouse, though, is the last time we're in it. And it, the camera is panning around before we get any dialogue. And it's just like two buff men taking <laughs> apart and cleaning guns. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Roadhouse. <laughs> this like a fucking hyper masculine fantasy <laughs> space. It's yeah. just like so fucking ridiculous <laughs> when we first see ellen and she alludes to the fact that she knew the winchester specifically john jordan whispers in awe they were fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it's it's funny that that was your first thought because then later in the episode sam's like you think dad and ellen had a thing <laughs> oh goodness yeah but I love, I, I think, like, there's something about the way Ellen and Joe are such, like, mm-hmm. a unit. Yes. And, like, when they're first talking to Sam and Dean, like, they're placed so that they're powerful. Like, they're both standing mm-hmm. and le- they're, like, reclined, like, comfortable where Sam and Dean are, like, sitting and, like, hunched over yeah. and being made small. Yes. But then I also love how, like, Ellen and Joe, like I said, they're, like, a unit. They're, mm-hmm. Their posture is really mirrored. Like, they're doing the mm-hmm. same yeah. the same kind of, like, elbow lean. It's not even, like, the tongue-in-cheek girl boss vibes, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's, like, actually, like, I want them to beat me up vibes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not to be, like, really lesbian, <laughs> but, like... And it's the first time we see any powerful women, which is so yeah. exciting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they make it clear that they're characters that'll stick around. Yes. yes. Too. Yes. So that's always helpful. Yeah. Plus, like, it's pretty cool. We, we talked about the Roadhouse being like a buff fantasy space, mm-hmm. but it's also a matriarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Exactly. So As all like buff that. spaces should be. Yeah. Big agree. Want more buff <laughs> ladies. <laughs> I also Buff ladies call me. <laughs> I also adore Ash's mullet. I love the mullet. I love yeah. his whole vibe. Okay, can yes. we stop for a second and talk about the fashion? Yes. The fashion. Yes. So good. His outfit is so good. I mm-hmm. love his ripped sleeves, mm-hmm. flannel. That is so, like, early 90s mm-hmm. punk. And, like, yeah. his layered necklaces. And he has the one ear pierced. Even though it's not the gay earring, I still love that he just has the one. And I love his super crazy mullet. It's just, like, Ugh. extremely glorious. I love how he doesn't fit any stereotype you expect for him. Right, exactly. I just, I love his fucking outfit mm-hmm. so much, mm-hmm. though. I absolutely agree. And I love that Dean likes it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he says, oh, this guy looks like a fucking Leonard Skinner roadie or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, bitch, you listen to Leonard Skinner. Yeah. So he, like, says it like it's a dig, but, like, it's not. it's not. And then he says, I dig the haircut. It seems, again, like he's gearing up to be 
like sarcastic, but then the delivery is actually like kind of sincere. Yeah. And I'm like, go you. And I <laughs> go like, you, little guy. I like how Ash delivers the um party in the back, business in the front, like it's the first time that line has ever been said. So, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, like like he is the one who came up with it. And while we're on him, my favorite line is the MIT. MIT? Yeah, it's just some school in Boston, as if that's Sam's question. Right. We also have the Dean Joe scene, the Nevermind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Very interesting. They've done this a few times. I'm trying to think of like the specifics, but I feel like Dean will like go to hit on a woman and then it'll get swerved in mm. some way. I feel like this happens consistently. I feel like it's the first time though that Dean backs down. I feel like usually it's the women who swerve I it. I disagree. Oh, maybe I'm just, I have a bad memory though. There are plenty of instances, I think, where, like, he's alone with women or whatever. They seem interested in him and he's just like, peace out. Yeah. But this was, I think, to Allie's point, a little more directly, like, sort of starting and stopping. Yeah. I just feel like he always has, like, a lot of empty promises to women Mm -hmm. about, like, what he would do to them. But they're always that. The way they treat Sam with women and Dean with women are so different. Right, right, right. I think the other ones to me read as like afraid of the follow through. Like he doesn't actually necessarily want to do those things or he's right. more talk. Well, this one is him stopping and being like, I don't even have it in me to give a shitty line. Right. I think they were trying to portray that he's grieving yeah. and he's just like yeah. lost the energy. to Don't even... even have the energy to fuck. Oh no. <laughs> All these beautiful women with their big, beautiful women-y bodies. <laughs> how i feel dean is i feel like that too and he's like yeah i totally like doing that thing with them (laughs) i think it's interesting that the fact that he was like backpedaling and like changed his mind actively made joe more interested in him. <laughs> yeah, Love that about her too. She's like, mm, something that I can't have. Yeah. Gimme. <laughs> That's a mood. <laughs> well, and like, especially because right before that, she specifically is like, I'm not interested in dudes who like try and feed me some line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't do it. It's, so it's never funny. Mind. And I love like her mom kind of like hovering in the background mm-hmm. whenever they're talking <laughs> to each other because she's like, I'm going to step on you, Dean. She's always like babysitting. <laughs> In a very, not of Joe, of the men. I think less babysitting, more like chaperoning. Yes. Yes, that's a better word. Which is so weird because then, like, after Joe and Dean really hit it off in the end, she's like, oh, by the way, I have two beds up there. I'm like, you want him staying here? I think that was because she felt that after that conversation that they had, that she could trust him not Mm. to be gross. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, that they could use some help. But I mean, like, it took her a minute to come to the conclusion that he wasn't going to like take advantage of her daughter who's a lot younger than him oh Oh, how old is she i think that she's supposed to be in her early 20s okay and he is in his late 20s i think at this point he's probably 27 27 okay now 
I mean, obviously she can hold her own mm-hmm. physically. Oh, or yeah, whatever, yeah. But it's still like, we don't know exactly what mm-hmm. Ellen knows about their dad and how yeah. he might have raised them and, you know, what that reflects about Sam Rodine's personality. And plus, even if she can take care of herself physically, she can still get her heart broken. Yeah. True. So. Yeah, it feels in a very, like, kind way, not in a, like, creepy overbearing by any means. Right. Speaking of creepy and overbearing, that fucking male gaze ass shot of her while she was walking around the bar oh, made me no. want to throw up. I was just like, Ugh. I think I was looking at my notes when that happened because I would have. Yeah. It was nasty. I don't understand men. I mean, I agree with that. I don't like same. <laughs> I don't know exactly what you're trying to communicate, but. <laughs> I'm so sorry. My brain is shot. Are we ready to talk about the thing where there was a kid walking around with a mm-hmm. Nintendo DS? Oh, That's oh, you scene. mean like they cut in another crime? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we can talk about that. I love that they are keeping up with this Nintendo product placement. Right? Because <laughs> in Wendigo, which was season one, episode two, they had them. Oh, interesting that it's the second episode both times. That yeah. one just had the fucking M&Ms. That's all I remember. If there was the Nintendo. M&Ms and cultural appropriation. Incredible. But also the Nintendo. Oh, that clown. He looks so sad. He looks like he needs a hug. He looks like he's going to fucking stab you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the past, this episode and the past one have not showed me in a good, like, healthy adult light. (laughs) No. (laughs) You're tired. You've had a long work day. I will say, like, that kid looked younger than the other two kids. Also, he looked like fucking Eddie Munster. He did look like Why Eddie Munster. Why the fuck were his bangs like that? <laughs> yeah. What was going on? Those were some 90s bangs. We knew better by 2006. Did we? Probably not. <laughs> they what were the bad, fuck? though. I just kept looking at him and, like, what's wrong with your face? Like, why? Mm. Whose idea was that? I don't know why, but I was concentrating more on the dad, and I was like, it would be interesting if only the parent that brings that you actor had murdered. Yeah, that actor had major dad energy. Yeah, so. yeah, he really did. Also, you can definitely tell that there was not a mom present because only a dad would take like their eleven-year-old son into like a fear maze. Like my mom never would have let my dad do that when we were kids. But if it was just us and dad, we were definitely going through the haunted maze. My dad would have never. Every time my dad went out of town, my mom showed us the scariest movies possible that's hilarious i have the exact opposite experience yeah i never did any of this crap so and i wasn't really interested in horror until i got a little older like when i was elementary school age i was much more interested in like samurai movies and high fantasy yeah i was a lot into witchcraft but also ghosts yeah there was the whole vampire thing too so with this one, does, am I remembering quite correctly that it then smash cuts immediately to the parents being murdered in the bed? Yeah, pretty much. It doesn't show them being murdered. It's the kid waking him up with yeah. like the big smile. And he's like, you're right. The clown is my oh, friend. Yeah. I like that scene. And there are no weapons disturbing. in his yeah. hand either. So I'm curious, does he just like bludgeon them with his fists? Well, they're ripped to shreds, so that's the verbiage that's used to describe. So my thought was teeth. Yeah, because he does that big smile like the Grinch. Oh, that's true. 
I want to talk just briefly why we're afraid of clowns. Yeah, go for it. The fear of clowns, aka cholerophobia, mm. is for a few different reasons. So first of all, like obviously their makeup hides their face. Yeah. So not only can you not tell who they are, you can't tell their real expressions. Yeah. Which is so alarming to humans. But they also play pranks act odd and are unpredictable yeah none of those things are things that our brain likes correct like we like predictions it's not there clowns are just unnerving and it was originally to make fun of the rich and do things that the lower class wouldn't be allowed to do so it was yeah. kind of unnerving to everyone we often don't see them in our lives. Like, how many times are you walking down the street and right, see a clown? Right, right, right. So you only see them in these extreme circumstances, whether it's at fairs slash carnivals, at movies, at big events. But that's the only times. <laughs> 2016, there was a study that found Americans are more afraid of clowns than terrorist attacks or death itself. What the fuck? Yeah, it, that's hilarious. I think clowns might be the second biggest fear in the world. Wow. I think the first, the first is public speaking. Really? Mm -hmm. I would have to obviously look into it mm -hmm. more to like back this up with a citation or a source. <laughs> but um, my understanding is that fear of clowns didn't used to be nearly as big a thing before the book It was made yeah. into a TV movie. Yeah. So that's one of the major events. There, yeah. there have been a few um, iterations in pop culture, like when it was a book, then a TV movie. Back when it was the Tim Curry one. I, and I will say, he was fucking terrifying yeah. in that. And I think the whole point of that is was to pervert like something that people weren't mm -hmm. afraid of. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it was fucking yeah. successful. Good yeah. job, Mr. King. And that was a peak for it, but then also a peak for it was John Wayne Gacy. Oh, yeah. And when he was caught. So there have been a few times that it's kind of like shifted and made our fear go up. What the fuck? There was some kind of fucking like cl killer clown thing a few years ago. Like yeah, a 2016? bunch of people like right? running around dressed as clowns. Yeah. Was one in what Columbus. The, what was that about? So it was when the original It movie had come out. Not the original, the um, the. the remake the reboot and thing. they they there was talks that people were being dressed up as clowns and hiding in weird places just to be seen as like the rumor was weird promotional material oh right. and then they say like it became like a copycat thing after that and then right i don't know if there were yeah. actual murders or if there was rumors that people were getting murdered like it was like a fear thing like that snowballed, right. But right 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 that's yeah that's mm -hmm. what it was some more professional, a lot of copycats in the end, but it was 2016. Mm -hmm. The Great Clown Panic of 2016. Yeah. And then the first search when you do 2016 clowns, it's 2016 clowns are back. And it's like, <laughs> no, please. And I don't hate clowns, but I don't want them. My thing yeah. with clowns is like literally what you were talking about is like the makeup thing. And I think y'all will get this also being neurodivergent, but like I already have trouble with like eye contact and facial expressions a lot of the time. But then if someone is wearing like a mask or has a lot of face paint mm -hmm. on and I really can't tell what's going on on their face, mm -hmm. I'm just, it like really bothers me. I don't know if it's like clowns so much as just like the mm -hmm. weird social interaction anxiety. I don't know. How do you guys feel about clowns? It definitely makes me uneasy, and I think it might be because, like, that was the first horror movie I ever saw. Though, if you go back and, like, watch that as an adult, it is, like, 
not as scary <laughs> now. It's just Tim Curry himself mm-hmm. is but really. But he's like kind of funny in that he movie. Is. <laughs> the new It scares me a little bit more just because it looks kind of like Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> the Abraham Lincoln it's fear strikes again. It's just, it's really tall and lanky. There's only one scene that gets me, and it's when Skarsgård, who plays him, is looking at the kids. He's smiling, and then all of a sudden his face goes 100% deadpan. And then he, like, deadpan face jauntily skips to them. <laughs> oh, that yeah, meme. yeah, yeah. That and, scene and, gets and me. And when he's, like, swinging his yeah. arms yeah. back and forth or whatever. Yeah. Did you see there was, like, a set photo where he, like, accidentally scared the shit out of that one um, former SNL actor? That It was for the, <gasps> oh, the sequel. Oh, Bill Hader, yes. Bill Hader. Yes. Yes. I love Bill Hader. Yeah. Well, because Bill Hader was asking him, like, how did they do that thing with his eyes? Yeah. And he was like, oh, I can just do that and then did it and he looked like he was gonna pee his pants just from the photo that I saw is like my number one old man crush stop it god would we consider someone in their 50s old I really don't I mean for a 20 year old no but that's that's like when I say old I mean old for me Ali's talking like Dill French okay he is perfect I don't mind clowns um I'm the same with masks yeah, no. yeah, that's that's so what I'm saying. Yeah. As soon as I can't, like, as soon as I can't see the real eyes. So clowns, I don't mind. Um, I am so terrified of furry suits. And I, like, do your own thing. But right. to me, just the dead eyes. The frozen expression yes. bothers me, yeah. Um, so you don't like mascots either, I imagine? I don't like them either. Yeah. I don't mind if they're, like, humanoid that sounds more horrifying like the human being from community yeah the human being i was gonna bring up oh my god oh my god i don't but the human being has its face covered yeah like it's equally as disturbing i think the human being is meant to be disturbing though at least (laughs) yeah yeah. that's true that's true i will say i do like your old school like 18th and 19th century like Moulin Rouge clown mm-hmm. yeah. you know like with the big poofy clothes yeah. and like the really beautifully embroidered costumes and like the I pointy agree. hats and I stuff. I really like when drag mm. intersects with mm-hmm. like Oh yes clown. I think that's the closest thing that we have to like clown culture as it used to be. Yeah. Like the whole yeah. idea of it is just like becoming this parody it really is. And the one thing that really does scare me, though, if a clown moves inhumanly. That of any type. Like the it scene I was talking about. That yeah. one, just so funny that I don't True. mind. <laughs> it's, like, so aggressive. It's so funny. Like, because of the way his face is just stuck <laughs> like that. He's, like, with yeah. his fucking arms. Okay, that's... Legs kicking out. That scarred scar brother is weirdly attractive, too. <laughs> I knew you both would disagree. Stop. The Scars Guards are all just like weird humanoid green beans that are like eight feet tall and seem yeah. like they only eat anchovies or something. <laughs> I don't know. They're weird looking dudes, okay? Like, I know I shouldn't judge because, yeah. like, I'm a lesbian, but also I feel like that gives me a certain level of objectivity. Actually, I take it back. I'm more qualified to judge because I am a lesbian. They're weird-looking dudes. That's all I have to say about that. Mood. 
So actually, I want to bring it back a little bit because I've been wanting to ask you all a question if I actually heard this right. And you're going to know what I say, I'm sure. So they're now approaching the carnival. They've gotten the call. They've, they, they're, you know, Sam has kind of pushed Dean to take this mission of parents getting murdered because he thinks it's going to be like a good distraction. Yeah. They get to the carnival. And of course, we find out that Sam has a fear of clowns. He's tell- talking about the, the kid's parents who got exactly murdered. What you're gonna say. And he goes, Sam goes, yeah, the boy who fingered a clown. Yeah. That's the line they went with. I thought they meant like fingered when, <laughs> no one just saying it, it sounds worse. But like fingered when you accuse someone of something, you can say they fingered them. Is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's used if you wrongly accuse especially, but uh. in general, if you accuse someone of a crime, you finger them for the cr- So what was the boy accusing the clown of? That's Murdering his know. parents. Yeah. Okay, it's the boy who fingered the clown. Okay, I'm glad we cleared that up. Okay. The next I'm, book. I was just like totally happy to let that not exist in my brain, but I'm actually, I'm glad that you brought it up so that now I know that it's mm-hmm. not just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because now that you bring it up it sounds worse and worse each time i think about well, it it doesn't help that we introduced the episode with me talking about finger blasting suburban moms <laughs> don't you start every episode with that jasper no only special occasions only special ones we save it for the clowns <laughs> <laughs> jasper's face of disappointment i was just trying not to laugh <laughs> I love the scene right after this where they're like berating Dean for no reason. Yeah. He's like, this guy hates blind people. That was hilarious. It's just a little misunderstanding. Little. Little. <laughs> I'm all for like that corny. Like this one was so corny and so, um, what's that word? Campy. Campy. So corny and campy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was no, it totally was. And I especially like that scene because. I love, like, the Dean getting into trouble for stupid shit Mm -hmm. and Sam just laughing at him. Yes. Dynamic. Him being like, do you want to help me out? And Sam's, no. No. It's uh, perfect. Yeah. Like, extreme little brother vibes. Yes. Love it. Oh, I did want to talk about carnivals in general. Okay. Yeah. Let's Let's hear about it. It's something I've always been fascinated by. So, like, carnivals and circuses have been, like, circus eye, circus eye, Circopodes. <laughs> have been both, like, a really good thing and a really bad thing over time. Mm-hmm. Because, first of all, it's a place for people who are outcasts of the main society, which is a terrible thing that these people couldn't belong. But it's a place for some people to find family, to find job opportunities, to find a place where they're accepted. However... These are not the people in charge of the circuses, at Mm. least most of the time. So it was mainly rich white men profiting off of this. There was a huge thing with racism. Some circuses, fairs and events like that would just bring in like a group of people from Africa and be like, here's a tribe of blank. And people would just look at them and be like, oh, that's so entertaining. (laughs) <laughs> which is so problematic and the, like the whole idea of just to be clear i was laughing at the absurd yes of that. <laughs> like i'm not entertained by this concept except in its absurdity yeah and how like different i pray that would never happen today but shit like that still does right and sometimes um like 
they the fortune teller were quote unquote gypsy or Romani people who were persecuted in different ways and so much of it was like other abled or different backgrounds so mm-hmm. while it was a great place for people to be I don't know it doesn't have a great founding and there were so many problems with it and there are still problems today like if you look at circuses there's a lot of stuff about animal abuse right yeah 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 so that's a huge one um if you like that one musical about circuses yeah the one with exactly. Zendaya um the greatest showman the, yeah the, the greatest, greatest showman. showman it's like a fun movie but also please remember the founders of that were like incredibly shitty people that the movie definitely glorifies and the good part of it would be the found family and the people in the circus right exactly so I just want to address that before we keep moving I, and I love that you bring that up because the next like big scene where they're like being interviewed by the guy who owns the mm-hmm. carnival Cooper I think his name yeah. was Cooper he like makes some like really pointed i am the writer inserting this line that's how yeah about persecution Mm -hmm. into the it was just like so not smooth yeah but i'm glad that they still had it there Mm -hmm. kind of because of how a lot of the scenes went with like sam being really freaked out with like some of the carnies and like just staring and whatever but still and and the funny thing about it the big takeaway is that the boys are outcasts there mm-hmm. they exist in liminal relatively space. liminal <laughs> space and you know they're both transient yeah my um thing was we can like make a point that exploiting people for being different is bad but also like the treatment of people in you know mm-hmm. mental facilities is also bad i'm like why yeah. not both yeah 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 but i don't know i can i understand why this show would be like we should be allowed to exploit people look at how we treat women it's great Right. It it was just, it felt like such a canned line. It kind of reminded me of season one, episode three, Dead in the Water, when like the sheriff makes that canned line about the environment, something about the dam, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. (laughs) I think if there were two small changes, I would be happy with it. If the first change wasn't someone who's differently abled, like right. it could have been the owner who's like this average white man, old white man. Right. Or both. I want also the other people to have helped in some way to contribute to stop this. Right. Because they say we take care of our own, which is a mentality in hurt and disrespected communities that's valid. Right. But then they don't have any agency. So if they had those two changes, I think I'd be a lot better off. Like the boys just sort of swoop in and take care of it and peace out. I think it would be way more nuanced and interesting if they had worked together. Yes, exactly. Some of the carnival workers. Yeah, I agree. And also, like, I'm just going to talk about it now Mm -hmm. um, because it's kind of goes into the conversation a little bit. And tell me if I'm wrong. It feels a little offensive to me that the monster was a blind man. And that was kind of the swerve because it was like, oh, you're not suspecting this man because, you know, he's disabled. But really Mm -hmm. underneath it, he's a monster. It kind of felt icky to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they like twists and pay no attention to what that twist implies about these people. Right, right. Yeah, Yeah, I'm with you on that. I agree. Especially because it wasn't the owner, it was Mm -hmm. someone who works for the carnival. I'd be more okay with it if he's someone differently able who then happens to be a monster who's not killing children. (laughs) Well, he's not killing children. Oh, I keep forgetting. No, no, he just lets 
the children watch their parents get ripped to shreds. Yeah, I think that's pretty bad still. Yeah, no, it's still pretty bad. Because of the fact that he's not actually blind, mm-hmm. it also pushes the narrative, yes. which is a consistent and truly insidious narrative that really fucks people over when they're trying to get medical care, is yeah. that people with disability are faking it yes. or exaggerating it. Yeah, or that they also have superpowers in a different way. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I just like to point it out because, like, as you know, as someone who loves monster stuff, mm-hmm. like, the monster genre can take people who are othered and turn them into, like, a monstrosity. So I always just want to point yeah, it out. Yeah, no, it exactly. Like, monsterdom is created and utilized by, like, propaganda and, like, yeah. all kinds of crap. I, and that's why it's fun when things subvert that mm-hmm. narrative then yes. or play with it, find some way to complicate yeah. it. But, you know, when when you just go straight for, oh, this person is outside of society, they must be the monster. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's kind of, uh... And I think when it's written or created by someone who is a marginalized person right. or part of a marginalized community, I'm way more interested in it because I feel like there's more... Right. ...to read into it than just these are stereotypes and fears. Absolutely. But I did want to talk about the in the same scene, the clown, the clown chair. chair. It was that was so, so good. good. You can see them both rushing to not sit in the clown yeah. chair. But it's not like actually really brought up or addressed. I love that kind of silent. Do you remember all those Ronald McDonald benches? Yes. yes. It reminds me of that. Yes. Oh my god. No, I hated when my brother would take the other seat and I had to reverse straddle Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> it was the most comfortable way to sit. It's disgusting. Making out with him was just a fun side job. Ew. You had to make sure the nose was clean, Allie. God, I hate this conversation <laughs> so much. Oh, um, through this interview, we do find out that Sam does not potentially want to go to school mm-hmm. yeah. anymore, though, which was kind of a driving thing mm-hmm. for his character. Yeah. And I think it's interesting how Dean reacts to that. Makes him mad. Yeah. Yes. I I think, like, to a certain degree, he not just expects, but it almost from that scene seems like he wants Sam to go back Mm -hmm. to school at the end of it all. Yeah. Like, go live a normal life. Do his thing. And he's so, like, what the fuck? Not only what the fuck, but I think that um, also is a moment, too, when I think Dean is kind of realizing Sam's grief or maybe like mm-hmm. as an audience, we're also seeing because it's like the grief thing is kind of subverted because it's like, you know, it's like, oh, Dean is grieving. He's being stoic and not talking about things, but it's actually Sam who is. Well, it's, I mean, it's both of them. It's both of them. But yeah, 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 yeah. And he specifically brings that up uh, yes. when they have their fight about it. Finally, the what dad would have wanted. Yeah. And I definitely think that, to a certain degree, Sam, like, pestering Dean about the way he's grieving is projecting. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, like, big time. Because they're both essentially doing the same thing, like, trying mm-hmm. to channel their negative energy into something productive. Yes. It's just different kinds of mm-hmm. productivity. So if I'm not mistaken, is this when they kind of spot the third kid seeing like a clown and then they decide to kind of scope out the kid's house? Yeah, they skip the part where they'd have to tail her all day, follow her mom's car home, and then wait outside of it. Yeah. But yeah, I I mean, it's logical. It works. It just... It's a lot more work than they show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the tedium of that mm-hmm. isn't interesting TV. So, yes. like, I get it. Unless they filled it with more arguing. True. But. Uh, I do like that part. I do like how, 
I don't know. I like when there's I love a little it. clue. I love that they get caught. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that they get caught because that doesn't happen to them very mm-hmm. much. The only other time I can think of is in um, season one, episode 21, when they're saving the baby mm-hmm. and from the fire. And, like, the dad tries to get him with yeah. a baseball bat and whatever. It definitely did remind me of that. But, of course, in that time, like, they got wailed on by a bat. But this time they just got caught and ran. But Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, there was no way to explain True. what the yeah. fuck had just happened. Whereas, mm-hmm. yeah, the mom had seen them try to help her. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's a little different. But yeah, I love when they get caught because it doesn't happen enough. I mean, yeah, I guess I will say, yeah, no, I agree. It doesn't happen enough. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just, you get the idea that they just do everything so, mm-hmm. like, cleanly and almost perfectly most of the time. But then it's like, oh, fuck. And this is they when goofed up now. They find out what the creature is. Once it disappears. Yeah. Yeah, because they call they, Ellen. Yeah, they call, they call Ellen. And she just tells them. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> oh, it's probably knows. this crazy-ass thing you've never heard of. Yeah. It kind of makes me wonder a little bit about Ellen's role. True. Because I'm like, I thought that she just was, like, creating, like, a safe haven for hunters. I didn't think she mm-hmm. was, like, involved in any of the hunting. But I guess she hears a lot of conversation. Oh, and her husband was a hunter. That's right. Yeah, they, they do make a point to say that. And she's the one gathering. Mm-hmm. information from mm-hmm. police scanners and like mm-hmm. compiling it into cases for people to go after oh, she's like they a quest giver in a video yeah game. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. for the first time they kind of get things right so rakshasas are female rak- rakshasi mm-hmm. um which are from hinduism they are bloodthirsty demons who are banished from the land of the gods to live on earth they're super evil but Sometimes they'll align with noble armies to get the noble army's way. I also am pretty sure that's always told by the winner's perspective. Right. But they're so interesting. So they look like humans, but they're extra tall with limbs twice as thick. Nice. Claws coming out of their fingers and toes. Two bull horns. Mm-hmm. Mottled skin. Dark mm-hmm. hair. Piggish eyes. Piggish? What does that mean? I think I meant nose because then they have glowing eyes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> glowing eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oink, oink. Glowing eyes and fierce manes. Some of them even have extra limbs, but they can shapeshift. They uh-huh. can fly, spit fire, possess dead bodies. Their favorite thing to do, though, is magical illusions. And so they're shapeshifters that make up um, near impossible riddles for you to solve. Oh, cool. Which I'd love to have seen that version. Yeah, what the fuck? Why didn't they do that version? I want a fucking Riddle Master bullshit episode. (laughs) Exactly. And they are super strong, love carnage. That's like their whole thing. And they're stronger at night. They don't disappear that I know of, but like with the shape shifting, they can turn into literally anything. And I guess the feeding every 30 years is a new. A new thing. But you need special weapons to kill them. So it kind of makes sense with the dagger. The original idea is that Brahma, the Hindu god of creation, fell asleep. And when he was sleeping, his breath, um, he's breathing out and they form out of his breath. Oh, so he yarded them into existence. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yart, it comes back. (laughs) And as he's sleeping, they bite him and attack him. He screams 
so loud that Vishnu comes there and vanishes them from the realm of the gods. So they spend all their time basically, like, causing mischief, Mm. loving carnage, and doing bad shit. These, like, kind of sound like a monster that went through the telephone game. Yes! just got, like, a little bit of everything sprinkled in there. Well, it's so funny you say that because then they um, have them in Buddhist lore, too. That makes sense. So they later became adopted... So it is something that has changed. So that's why I don't mind this much okay. um, when they do add new things because yeah. they stuck well, to the main. And, and Hindu Hinduism is highly regional. Mm-hmm. Highly regional. Yes. So I'm sure there's tons of variation depending on where you're living. Yeah. Uh, you know. And that's why I only went into the, like, founding of them because sure. the other stories are varied. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I just thought they're interesting little ones, and I love the idea. Well, technically big ones. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the idea of this being it. And then I especially love monsters who are old adapting to our society mm-hmm. and that idea. And I think the idea of one becoming a carny is such a perfect idea mm-hmm. um, because of the already their fears of traveling lack of trackability mm-hmm. um yeah being wayward in between different things like i just Liminal love the idea that an old spaces. school an old school monster would take on this persona yeah it is always kind of cool because like i know i've complained about in the last season that there's just like way too many ghosts mm, i do love yeah. when the show like takes an opportunity to introduce you to something new right and not in the way wendigo does Ugh. obviously right but. <laughs> of course not <laughs> right wendigo. but yeah if they actually get it kind of right like it's a learning moment mm-hmm. i do think it's a little more fun when they have to research and figure it out themselves yeah mm-hmm. but i think that i am fine with making that trade for a larger yeah. world with more characters and people who know more things than they do and think about it the two times they got it right it was bobby Ah. and then ellen so i'm sticking with my theory that john winchester knows shit yeah fuck that guy Mm -hmm. but then supernatural later on fucks more stuff up so to be fair yeah true 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 (laughs) always always I'm also fine with Ellen knowing in this episode just because it's also setting her up more as a Mm -hmm. character. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do we want to talk about that big fight that they have while they're walking after they have to abandon the van? It was right after Sam was talking about Ellen and John. Mm -hmm. And he's like, funny how how dad had like a ton of falling outs Mm -hmm. like that because there was the guy with the cult and then Bobby and now Ellen. Do you you think that um, he was kind of making that point because he felt guilty for kind of falling out with his dad? He he was like, maybe it's not me. Maybe like dad had all these falling outs because he's an asshole. So, you know. I hadn't thought of that, but actually, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's something I hadn't thought of either, but it makes sense. Yeah, no, that tracks, for real. Yeah. That might be part of why it got under Dean's skin so bad. Yeah. Don't poke the bear. You know what I mean? But also, Dean needs to calm down. Like, that was seriously so mean. Especially, like, they've kind of talked about all of John's falling outs before, too. Like, he probably didn't expect Mm -hmm. Dean to take it so abrasively. Well, what he was taking issue with was more of the, I think Dad would want this, blah, blah, blah stuff. I like it, though. Yeah, no, it was good. It was a good scene. It's a good scene. Like, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. It tracks for both of them. But also, like, man, the 
you're just upset because the last thing you ever did was fight with him and this is all too little too late like damn that's like yeah, that's really right. fucking harsh jesus I, it was also like i guess it's in character like it's out of character but also in character because mm-hmm. obviously there's just in a very high emotional state right now both yeah. of yeah but i was like damn would like never I mean, maybe not to that extreme yeah. of a level. He definitely, like in early season one, yes. had gotten on Sam's case about John before, but not to that level. I just fully support it all because I think trauma, you lash out to the ones Yeah, trauma to you. and grief, like, mm-hmm. just makes people fucking nuts, dude. So I'm like, I am fully there to see these two messy characters be messy and have a rough go at it yeah it sucks but i attribute it all to having to deal with that yeah exactly yeah yeah no i was not expecting Mm -hmm. dean to go like that hard Mm -hmm. yeah and i love the way the final fight in like the maze they're like having to navigate a difficult physical space after having to navigate a difficult emotional yeah. space Woo! and find each other in yes it. yes also really good instance of them both being mm-hmm. very smart yeah sam with the pipe. brass pipe mm-hmm. and dean with the steam mm-hmm. yes it was so campy and perfect. I really like that scene. I also just love the idea. If you're going to be fighting in a carnival, you better get silhouetted with daggers. Yes. Right, Scooby right, right. Right, right, it. right. It's so good. And I love that they make a quick reference about the, if it's a, like, human body, because that's something that did happen. Mm. Um, there was someone who robbed a train in the early 1900s, and then um, they were, like, prepped for burial, and the guy was like... I'm not going to bury this bitch until someone pays me for it. Oh, my God. And because he didn't have any relatives there, he would, like, loan him out to things and, like, made him, like, a show itself. Oh, my God. Um, And then someone came in and was like, oh, I'm his cousin. And he's like, yeah, take it. Wasn't his relative. So now this stranger has the body. And it ends up, um, like, being in a movie. And then it's sold to a wax museum, which sells it to a carnival. So it's in this carnival, and no one knows it's a real body. Including the person who bought it. Yes. Oh, my God. And so they're filming a new movie, and a stage guy goes to move it. Because it was, like, hanging from a noose or something. Like, that's how it was propped. And he, like, moves the arm, and the arm comes off, and inside are the bone and muscle. (gasps) And that's how they find out. And um, they ended up finding out, like, who it was, and they buried him next to another train robber and had to pour two feet of cement on top of his grave so that no one digs him out again. Oh, my God. Because it's one of, like, the most interesting U.S. stories. I think it was, like, 70 years his body Mm -hmm. just got passed around. And people didn't know. They thought he was a wax figure. That's disgusting. Yeah. That's fascinating. I mean, yeah, but it's (laughs) fucking disgusting. Yeah, that's what that was in reference to in the Mm -hmm. show. With the skeleton. Yeah. So I love the idea that, like, in this funhouse and in this carnival, there could be cursed objects. Yeah. But you don't know because these things do get, like, passed on and sold off when a company closes. Actually, they went through there with the EMF meter, so. Does EMF detect when it's a real dead body? Just if it's spooky. Just if it's a spooky real dead body. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) The only thing left to talk about early in terms of, like, what happens narratively in this episode is the final scene in Bobby's junkyard. My heart. I know. That, oh. Oh, Oh, no. 
it was really weird to see Sam's face so sunlit because I'm so really used to season yeah. one gray filter. <laughs> Is that when his hair was everywhere too? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that look because it was, yeah, This it is was like perfect. the shaggiest that it mm-hmm. gets. Yeah. Yeah, that was so good. And then Dean, it just fucking breaks my heart when he loses it. But also it's probably good he lost it in a way that's not punching Sam. Yeah, well, and I think, like, Sam in that scene admitting that the things that Dean accused him of were true was, mm-hmm. that's that's his version of Dean's wailing on the car. Like, yes. they're, they're both, like... Yeah, releasing. L- exactly, they're both releasing that. And Ugh. I think to a certain extent, like, him saying that, all that to mm-hmm. Dean, like, yeah, you were right. He might have died thinking I hated him, blah, blah, blah. All of that was in order to evoke an emotional response from Dean, just, like, being completely honest about how he was feeling. And, I mean, it fucking worked, so. Mm -hmm. It was fantastic and sad. So he first turns and beats the the blue junked car's window Mm. out, but then he turns on the Impala. Do you think there was, like, a symbolic meaning in, like, the smashing of the Impala in that final moment? I mean... Yeah, I mean, obviously it's up for interpretation, like, what we want to take away from that. But considering, as we've discussed, that for him, the Impala, it's like his dad's Mm -hmm. car. And, like, his dad died and he just was spending weeks, like, trying to fix Mm -hmm. the damn thing. This is just what I wish, but obviously the show's been out for 15 years, so I know it's (laughs) not what actually happens. I just feel like this would be such a good moment to, like, if I know John wasn't actually going to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, they, he smashes up the Impala as, like, a farewell to his dad and his abusive childhood mm-hmm. and then just gives the Impala to Bobby. Yeah. Oh. But I know he's right. probably driving it next episode. He then gets a Subaru because that's what lesbians drive. Oh, my God. And he gives off big Okay, that is energy. only one type of lesbian. Personally, I think he was A, venting, obviously, but B, I think he is angry at his dad. Yeah, and he was trying to, like, fix up what he had left, and now he's like, I can't even do that. Well, yeah, and then it's like, that's what I was like, he has to fix up what was left Uh to him from his dad that he was, like, told to take care of. Yeah. And then now, with his dad dying, now he has to also care for Sam, Mm -hmm. finish his dad's mission for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, understandably yeah. pissed. Yeah, I mean that—that's that's my read on that. Yeah. Even even just having what mm-hmm. I know from like up through this episode. Yeah. yeah, I just felt like the car was like a stand-in for John, kind mm-hmm. of at that moment. Do we want to talk about the fanfic? Yeah, I picked one from 2017 called "Bumper Cars" by Ao3 user Mansika M A N S I K K A. This is a really long summary, but I'm going to read it. Two teenagers are missing from an abandoned carnival, and there's enough evidence to raise suspicion that their disappearance involves a ghost. Dean, Sam, and Cass arrive in town to investigate, though what they find leads them away from those teenagers and on the trail of a ghost story that turns up things from their past. This is rated E. Just just be warned. It has casting Sam, an original male and female character, Jody Mills, Claire Novak, and Eileen. Additional tags include Case Fic, my fave, Ghosts, Human Cast, Sam Ships It, Childhood Memories, Childhood Trauma, John Winchester's A Plus Parenting, Minor Violence, Sharing a Bed. Oh, the Minor Violence, that's how you know that the 
E rating is 100% sexual porn. Yeah. Yeah. Sharing a bed, insecure Dean, carnival, fluff, smut, angst, emotional hurt comfort, regular hurt comfort, (laughs) caring Dean, caring cast, Dean is bad at feelings, original character deaths, and switching. Is switching like Freaky Friday or like first (laughs) top switching? (laughs) Friday? That just be the casual thing they throw into every fic. I would love that. Oh my god. Generally, that's tagged body swap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There has to be a a tag for that. I know it's a popular. I submit that we should just all from now on, instead of tagging body swap, we should tag Freaky Friday. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I think that's way more fun. Mm -hmm. It has more personality. You have to think about it for a second. And then you're like, oh. 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 Jordan, how would you rate this episode? Oh, you know, when I was actually watching it, there was something about it. Maybe it was just tired that wasn't pulling me in. But now discussing it after, I think I like it a lot more. I would go again, like last episode, go with a 4.5. I don't want to say it, but it's stuck in my head. Now I have to say it. Say it. Cloud fingerings. No! (laughs) I knew you all would regret it. (laughs) I regret nothing. Yeah, me neither. I will give this episode a five out of five. Oh. I threw my box. Um, Your uh, the yeah, rec- the box the box <laughs> that um, has her mic and foam in it that she holds in front of her face to yes. record. Uh, not the sling. For not the vagina. Sling. I did throw that. No, that that <laughs> stayed firmly in place. Firmly in place. That only gets thrown back, not forward. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I give this a five out of five because I think. I know there are problematic parts and I don't like that part, those parts, but it's just so campy and so fun and shows grief so well. So I'm going to give it five leaves still alive in the burning fire. (laughs) Incredible. I'm going to give this one four out of five ratty clown wigs. Mm. You know, like there's just, there's so much that I love about this episode, Mm -hmm. but I think the things that I don't like, which are like the weird, like, why are these fucking nine-year-olds letting strangers into their house kind of thing and and like the casual ableism yes and like the weird canned line and like there's just enough of that stuff that i'm like eh, you know i mean i'm still again i'm still giving it a like a four out of five Mm -hmm. which i don't know if we've mentioned this but like when we rate this we're not like i don't think we're holding it to its own standard yeah, and not, like, to television at large. So, like, if I, we were rating this alongside, like, the fucking Sopranos on both on yeah. a four out of five scale, it would definitely be a different rating. But, like, holding it to its own standard, yeah. this is a four out of five ratty clown wigs for me. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sad no one said clown chairs. I thought about the clown chair, but, you know, I just feel like it deserves its own mm. little space to exist in, in our minds, True. like, uniquely. I thought of the pipe organ vent that uh, turned into a giant needle. Yeah, I was also... I loved that weapon. Yeah, yeah no, that was a really cool The blood weapon. dripping out the end of it. Yeah. Perfect. Camp. Camp. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jordan. Yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, <laughs> what is going to happen next oh, time, God. do you think? Um, oh, geez, I really don't know. What do you hope and fear oh, will happen next time? Fear. 
What would I, you like to happen next time? What I would so hope, fear, and what I would like. What I would like is more world building about the hunters. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I like the roadhouse. I like Bobby. I want more of that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I fear is that <laughs> we just need to take another little monster hunting sabbatical to work through mm-hmm. some feelings. Like, we had a really strong first episode. This was a fun second episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm ready to, like, get serious and get back to, like, getting on that jaundice demon trail. So that's my hope. Nice. 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 Thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhart, and special thanks to Sophia London for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTR Supernatural, or contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in Red Lodge, Montana. Bye. Bye. Bye.